The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to the Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone, and thank you so much for being with us today. And welcome all of you intentional spirits that are out there in the world and um, that's what we believe, it's what we practice, it's what we talk about each and every week here, is that we we look at what it takes to be an intentional spirit, more than a person that sets goals or has vision boards and those kind of things. An intentional spirit is a person that keeps walking forward, no matter what storms are happening, no matter what issues are going on outside in their lives, but people that continue to step up. So talking about some intentional spirits, have we got the group for you today? <laughs> we got the one and only Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. Welcome, Kathleen. Oh, thank you, Reverend Temple Hayes, for having me on your show. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you're here. And did you invite one of your friends to our show today? I did. I have such a treat for the listeners. We have James Redfield, who is the author of the Celestine Prophecies with us, and he wrote the foreword to the book that just came out that I'm a co-author on, Scrappy to Happy. Oh, this is so exciting. Welcome, James. Yes, I've never met anyone in my life that didn't know who James Redfield is. (laughs) And what a... What a, what a changing moment in our consciousness with the movie Celeste in Prophecy. And thank you, sir, for creating that space in our lives and our minds and our hearts. So I've always wanted to tell you that. So you live long enough, and here it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Uh, a lot to talk about in the world today. Yeah, we get, we've we got plenty of subject matter anymore, don't we? <laughs> we, we certainly do. Um, love the forward that, that you wrote for the book. So, Kathleen, why don't you start by, by sharing, um, you know, just the title of the book is powerful. Uh, because it just puts it real. It just it just put just calls it what it is. And thank heavens, we we need a lot more leaders just calling it what it is um, in a very loving and positive way. I'll just add that last part. Um, but crappy to happy. How did you decide that that would be the name of the book, or was it your co-author along with you, Ariel Patricia? Yeah, you know, it was really interesting, Temple. Ariel and I were sitting around talking on the phone. We are having a phone call. And uh, she said, you know, we want to do three books in the sacred stories, uh, um, the, the sacred stories of transformation. So I'd like to do a second book that kind of focuses on joy, and but it's going to be a really snappy you know, title, and our first one was Chaos to Clarity. Okay, everybody got it right away. Okay, Chaos 
to Clarity. And I said, oh, it's going to be something short because the titles we were coming up with were too long. I said, you'll see something snappy and short, something like, you know, crappy to happy. And she goes, well, that's it. <laughs> that's the title for the next book. I said, no, 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 I was joking. I meant, you know, it has to be snappy like that. She goes, no, no, that's the title for the next book. So crappy to happy, sacred stories of transformational joy, it became, and it is true stories of grit, grace, and love. And we tried to make sure that the stories ended or had in them a dose of joy. It's really powerful because everybody, um, from what I understand, and I've been on some shows with some of the other authors, including myself, I'm very grateful to be one of them, but it, it seemed like you you picked individuals that were really about being raw, being authentic, and being real. And so, James, I would like to tune into you right now and 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 look at that because you've been on the forefront for a long time. You were willing to step out there early on and just call things the way they were, which were extremely transformative. Um, what do you feel about the power of storytelling and how this book is, is making such an impact because people are willing to just say, here's the way it was, here's the way it is, and here's the way it can be? Well, you know, I, I uh, thank you uh, for having me. Um, you know, I, I really uh, uh, was impressed by the book. I, I, in fact, call it Enlightened. Meaning that there's an energy to this book uh, because all the contributors uh, had a take on um, how to recover your joy. I called it the art of the comeback. Uh, and if there's ever been a time in the world where this is appropriate to talk about, even, uh, you know, desperately, uh, you, uh, you know, the book hits that mark. And um, again, it's. We all get set back in life. This is probably going to go down in history. What's happened to us? Uh, the, the, the big setback. Um, you know, over 26 million people have lost everything, and that means generations of people who, you know, cashed out to 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 to, to uh, initiate their dream business. Uh, the, the you know people who are were uh, planning on getting educated, planning on following a, a, a path of employment that has disappeared. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a lot of depression out there, but also anger because, you know, as we heard just recently, then, you know, the WHO and the CDC now say they believe it was all a mistake. The shutdown accomplished nothing. And while the media didn't want to talk about it that way uh, because of politics, that's what the scientists were saying. So in, in any event, you know, anger and depression don't get us anywhere. So we have to work with where we are, in my view. And um, when I saw this book, it was the contributors were so right on at, in the, the varying ways that, you know, they had made the, the comeback. Uh, and you know, again, it's it's a uh, I believe the understanding of how to stay in the flow is 
as I've written about it, you know, in a synchronistic flow, come back to it, find a silver lining at every setback, uh, and and trust uh, that the you know the, the divine design in this world will uh, once you tune in will pay off. I mean, it you know, it, it all we have to do is recover. Uh, and find our joy and and you know my opinion is always well the way to do that is go help somebody else you know find somebody else that's that's depressed around you and go and practice uh the interpersonal ethic which of course is is uh you know uh, sending joy with intention to people and what happens is that it, you know we fill up first with that joy and the joy is metaphysical. It's a piece that surpasses all understanding. There, there's no logic that would ever that ever convince us to be joyful. This is a gift. And you know, when we share it, you know, and we try to help other people recover it. Guess what? We recover it uh, as well. So if this is a great lesson of this this reset, uh, I I I believe it's uh, it's it's uh, it's a silver lining we can use. Um, and again, this book sort of, to me, uh, in in a very down to earth way, uh, told that truth, and it is telling that truth to the world. That's very powerful. How does that make you feel, Kathleen? Does that resonate? Doesn't that feel like just what you had uh, that you had knew, known all along, or had hoped for? Or envision with the with the power of this book. I, I'm so thrilled that this book is is doing so well. Um, that it you know because it is touching people. It's touching the hearts and lives. And like James was saying, um, that not I about three weeks ago I I took a silent retreat and it was like this book kind of fell in my lap about um, an evangelist. The first well-known evangelist in America was a woman. And um, and she at one time was one of the most noted people in the world. And she had thousands of people flocking to her, to her community. And she built a, the Angelus Temple in California, which exists today. And they have churches all over the world. Her doctrine, I didn't really identify with. But what was cool was it was cyclical in that she was out teaching during the time of the influenza and the Great Depression. And like James is saying, we don't know right now what kind of depression we're going to have economically. It's still, I mean, the domino effect is happening, but we have another kind of Great Depression called mental health depression, uh, 10 year olds, you know, killing themselves Um if this is ever a time for people to speak out and, and talk about what they feel like their soul mission is, it would be now. <laughs> now would be the time. If you were waiting for a moment, you know, and you've been holding back, now would be a time to let it go, right, guys? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I think James hit it right on the head when he talked about the interpersonal ethic and, and spreading that with, with joy. Um, and and also, um, you know, reaching out to help someone else to take the focus off of yourself and, and in a way get out of your head. Because when we're locked down in the house, we spend a lot of time in our head, and that's not always a good place to be. One of the things that really, there were two things that the stories 
in this book impressed me with, and those were the stories that, that uh, Ariel, Patricia, and I chose. They were stories that showed how people, they didn't give up. But what they did do was they let go and they let God. There's a lot of spirituality in the book. And when you do that, when you let go and you let God, you walk on the path that I believe you and God decided you were going to walk on before you were born. And a lot of that is about helping someone else. So that was the first thing that that I I looked for in, in the book. And then the second thing was faith. Every story showed how important faith was to the author in getting them through their crappy to a place of happy. And that's what I pretty much focused on with the stories in the book, the the ones that we chose, because we didn't choose all of the stories that came in for this book. That's pretty much what we focused on was not just how deep and dark they went with the crappy, but how high they rose up using their faith for the happy. I I don't know how many people I've met in my life that once they could be a little further along with the, the woundology of their lives, if they could go back and revisit it again from more of a healthy mindset or a sense of an open heart, they could see that everything had been for them all along. Um, mm-hmm. And that that's a huge breakthrough, isn't it? That's why in the word breakthrough, there's the ache and the ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've had a little bit about that, haven't we, Sister Cat, in our lifetime? We've had a little bit of an ache and an ooh, but it developed you and really plays a part in bringing out your best self, if you let it. It does. It does. And, and another thing that, that I talk about in this book, and one of the things that, that makes it a little different from, from many other um, compilation books that are out in the marketplace, is Patricia, at the end of each section, I would um, sum up that section from coming from the, the psychology professor, because my degree is in psychopathology and I taught psychology at USF, whereas Patricia... Ariel Patricia would come from the spiritual aspect of being a reverend. So mm-hmm. we have these two different points of, points of view in the book and in, in the uh, foreword uh, that James Redfield wrote, of course, he hit on all of those. But then also in the afterword of the book, uh, Patricia, Ariel Patricia and I mm-hmm. focused on the spirituality of joy and the psychology of joy. And one of the things that I wrote about was the power of laughter to scare away the boogeyman of crisis and mm-hmm. how I had this wonderful friend, Petronell, who was an author, and uh, she would always tell me about her dire health while she was laughing. Whatever the doctors would tell her was wrong with her, she would just laugh about it and laugh about it. And I remember the first time when she told me that the doctors had just told her that she was going to go blind. 
And she was laughing as she was telling me, and she wiggled her fingers and she said, you know, I'm learning Braille now while I can see, so it'll be a little bit easier. And laughed and laughed. At first I thought she'd lost her mind. But then I suddenly realized I was laughing with her, even though I was frightened for her. And that's when I realized the power of laughter and laughing in the face of crisis is often the first step of laughing your way out of it. And, and moving into that joy. And rather than staying down there in the dumps, you move up the ladder into a place of happiness and joy. And you use laughter as the rungs to get you up there. How do you feel about that, James? Let's hear from you for a moment. How has power impacted your life and how has it impacted the people that... Uh, you've been working with in your years of teaching and coaching, et cetera? Well, you know, it's <clears throat> laughter is the best medicine, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, also laughter, humor uh, is, has always been called the uh, greatest sign of sanity. Uh, so, it, you know, it's it's centering. You know, laughter comes from joy. You know, we're we're talking about the same complex, the same really level of consciousness uh, because when we get up where we're, uh, you know, we're connected uh, to this divine energy and, and listen, this is, this is something anybody can prove to themselves at this moment. You know, I like to talk about how uh, the connection is easier now than ever before, ever before in history. Uh, this mm. this connection to a higher uh, energy and consciousness. There are more people meditating and prayer, uh, praying and acknowledging a divine uh, source uh, to our lives and a, a design, uh, a, really a divine connection that uh, animates life. Um, and with all this, this pursuit of questioning, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's easier to do than ever before. Uh, of course, there you know, the people who live in this material world of of just uh, you know use your ego to force your way through and control as many people as you can and control whatever uh, source of money you have coming in and yeah you know, do it. sorry <laughs> sorry are about you that. Have a dog, dog that wants to talk I mean these are very My he has something very significant to say. Here. <laughs> But it, it, you know, the the thing about it is, is this is a metaphysical event. Always recovery and joy, and you know, you you find a a you know a connection uh, with intention, and you you search for it, and you you move toward a kind of uh, discovery attitude. You follow those mysterious coincidences, and you find your peace. And again, that's uh, that the this book is full of those stories, and it's it's something that I think we can talk about with clarity now. We can assume it's possible. Uh, we can tell young people at earlier and earlier age that they can make a divine connection. Uh, they it's theirs though. They have to make it. They have to define it. Uh, but it's a uh, it's it's a happening going on in spite of everything else. Um, mm. and that's the reset, and that's the silver lining, as I see it. Mm. 
that that's so powerful. Kat, I believe I told you this. Um, one of my mm-hmm. favorite stories is about John Lennon that his mother mm-hmm. taught him as a little boy. Have you heard this, you and James, this story that um, his, his mother taught him that, you know, the secret to life was happiness. And so when he got mm-hmm. in school, the teacher gave an assignment for all the kids to tell her, you know, what was the secret of life. And John Lennon said, you know, happiness. And so she wrote on the paper, you didn't understand the assignment. And he wrote back to her, and you don't understand life. <laughs> <laughs> Our children can teach us so much because they have not yet learned what they can't do. That's what I tell people all the time. Connect with your inner child because your inner child knows no limits. Um, and, you know, that's another reason why I'm such a great dreamer. I, I trust in dreams. I believe in dreams. I believe they're sacred doorways to the divine um, because I never believed anyone who said, Dreaming is just for children. You need to stay focused. I believed dreaming was for all of us because it was the doorway back to heaven. Mm-hmm. It's our deepest connection, isn't it? It's our deepest mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. Well, you know, Ernest Holmes um, in the Science of Mind textbook said, you know, there will come a day when um, science and, and religion, meaning spirituality, of course, will walk hand in hand. But also, you know, mm-hmm. calling these ideas metaphysically really spiritual spiritual psychology, because that that really is what it what it's about. And I I like what you said earlier about you know that people identified that along the way um, that they had found a, a higher being or they had found God, and you know James mm-hmm. likened to that as well. And I know for me in the story that I tell, I found a God that worked for me. And I, I think sometimes that's a defining moment or a redefining moment, right, with people is because maybe um, the God you were taught about when you were you know, little isn't the God that you wind up with as you evolve and as you grow and as you deepen. And I definitely had to get a different concept because the concept that I was taught and based upon my life choices, we weren't going in the same direction. <laughs> you know, that's for mm-hmm. sure. And um, I think it's beautiful also when people can shed the gender of God, too, because as long as people project that God's a person, they're also going to project personal letdowns and personal abandonments and personal rejections, you know, because that's part of what goes on with that, that belief system. So I'm, I'm thrilled with the, with the people that have brought in some new stories and some new light. Um, and as uh, James said, a place of enlightenment that people can hear it in a different way or hear it through the lives and hearts of other people is just really powerful. You did good, girl. <laughs> Thank you. And, you know, uh, Dr. Ian Work, her story in the book was similar to yours in that the God that she had been taught by her family was not the God that she could identify with. In fact, that God scared the bejabbers out of her. And it wasn't until she was much, much older that she came to know God in her own way and found out exactly what she had missed all her life. And now she's so devout. It's unbelievable. But, you know, um, there isn't just one way 
to embrace God. There are many ways. There are many paths to find your way to him. And I've often had people say to me, well, you know what? I don't believe in God. I just don't because God would never let this happen to me. And I always tell them, God respects your choices. And uh, the best way to connect with him, to remember that, is through dreams, prayers, and meditations. But remember, God never turns his back on you. He always believes in you, even when you don't believe in him. Well, and I remind people, you know, did you get up this morning and have to tell yourself to breathe? What do you mean? (laughs) Well, did you get up this morning and have to tell yourself to breathe? Uh, No. Okay. Uh, Did you get up this morning and tell your heart to beat? Oh, I'm getting up. Heart, let's go. No. Well, then there must be something greater than you that's got your back. (laughs) I mean, really, let's go now. (laughs) Hey, James, where are you? Checking in with you there. I'm here. Loving all this conversation. (laughs) Listen, uh, you know, there's only one measure for finding the divine in in your life, in my view, and that is love. You know, I argue all the time with people that talk about self-empowerment and all that goes along with that, you know, because uh, if if you're talking about meditation and it's not involving opening the heart to a, a kind of love that as a state, not not a love uh, that, that needs an object, but a love that, that's a state. That's the measure of of our connection with the design. And, and after that, it's the great mystery, right? All, all we then know that is that we get guiding intuitions that uh, take us, put us in a place where mysterious coincidences that feel like fate operating come into our lives. And that's the flow. And, and as humanity matures in spiritual connection, I believe that will ultimately surpass, uh, you know, this sort of ego fight that is is the current situation in the world, uh, but is but is at its last gap. I think all the sense of controlling we feel about um, from authorities, global and otherwise. You know, this is their last gasp at keeping the old ego-driven uh, need for power and money and 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 the security that comes from that. You know, it's uh, both political parties are infected, so it's it. But it's a, a last gasp because I believe that uh, the greater life is the open heart, slow to uh, destiny, to journey, and to mission, and all that goes with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome everyone to 
and thank you so much for tuning in. I, I love that you support us on Unity Online Radio. I love Unity. I, I really, as I stated in the book that we're talking about today, Crappy to Happy, I really know I would not be alive if it weren't for the teachings of Unity and the support that I received to find a different God that actually would work for me. So hallelujah on that one. But I'm talking today with Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis, who is one of the co-authors of this amazing book and great concept, Crappy to Happy, along with her co-author, Reverend Ariel Patricia. You can get the book on Amazon, Crappy to Happy. It has remained a bestseller. EPIA. It's uh, 30 authors. And the forward was written by the one and only um, someone that we honor so much because he was able to describe in modern language what a lot of the natives have been teaching since the beginning of time about energy and connection. And that's James Redfield. And um, you can visit James by going to his website, which is celestinvision.com. Or you can visit Kathleen O'Keefe Canovas, Cannabis, and you can visit her at her website, sayname.com. And we'll put those into our, our love notes later. But James, let's uh, start again with you because, uh, you know, continue to put things in context with us with where we are in the world and what you envision. And then, then we'll have Kathleen share some stories from the book itself. Well, you know, it's again, it's it all operates at ground zero, right? Where we are, uh, many of us uh, hitting uh, really brick walls with projects because of the shutdowns, and you know, it all operates right there at ground uh, zero for our individual lives. But the the, the real uh, the setback is a reset, in my view, and I hear that more and more from many many sources. Uh, I think it's catching on. Uh, because that's what has happened to us. We've been thrown back on our own securities, our inner securities. Uh, how how are we doing in that regard? Are, you know, are we dependent on other people to uplift us all the time? Do we have these activities that were really preoccupations that uh, were meant to, you know, just kind of keep the keep that small, quiet voice inside us that. You know that conscience uh, quiet, so mm-hmm. that we can just pursue pursue our joys, and and it all has stopped. So here we are. You know we're we're at that ground zero in our lives. Uh, many many people have already found the silver lining. They've they've uh, reconnected from a spiritual point of view, and, and you know, and the the essence of life is. It's finding that dream, the soul's dream, you know, the, that gives us uh, inspired joy that, uh, as this book we've been talking about, emphasizes over and over again, uh, what our role is, how can we help. Uh, that's the source of energy and connection, because if we tune in to our uh, inner guidance, what happens is that uh, we have information to give. Uh, I believe that what's happening is that how the world really works metaphysically is becoming well, well known now. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're. I believe actually it's it's our uh, clarity about it is uh, you know as everybody could hear from the comments yet on this show. 
uh, you know, get clarity about what's involved in making a connection. Uh, it takes intention. It takes uh, looking for the, the the joy within, the opening of the heart, uh, connecting in a way that, and meditating and using contemplation time to quiet the emotions and to come to this place where we get an inner knowing about what we're supposed to be doing here. So the what the 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 lives that get the most miracles are the ones that are connecting and 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 realizing that the world is designed to open up for us for our dream our soul's dream to help mm-hmm. to contribute something uh you know is and 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 that's the method and uh wherever we are whatever's happening we can tune into that method um and what's the you know the key for me is to to try to help as much as we we uh, want help and if you look at just synchronicities that we expect to come to us, if we uh, if we just look at well, what does what's this, every the people we meet? Well, you know, if we ask only what 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 synchronicity does it have for us? How can they help us? Um, I think the first thing we should say, uh, and as we tune into our intu- in, intuitive intelligence, is how what kind of synchronicity can I provide for this person? And we all know that it's happened. If we we hear, yeah, we just get a hunch. If I tell them about my story of how I how I recovered from something or I solved a problem uh, in this conversation, maybe it's a stranger. Maybe you don't know whether to share so deeply. But if you just do it, if you just whatever you thought of to say about your life, you know, if 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 you just do that, what do we hear? What do we all hear? We hear. Um, oh my goodness, I needed to hear that. That's the very thing I need to hear in my life. That's a synchronicity for me. So the world is designed for us to tune in and help and make these grand synchronicities. If we were all doing it, if I could wave a wand, and, uh, or, you know, all of a sudden everybody would be doing that, trying to be a synchronicity for the people they interact with in life. Uh, the world would change completely. I mean, it would be such a a confirmation of the spiritual design of the world that uh, it would be a huge breakthrough. Well, I, I think that breakthrough is happening. I think that's the reason for optimism, and and we're going to break. You know, what we're going to do is is have so much love emerging that it'll be hard to uh, stay in ego because the attraction to this kind of culture that we're we're building will be so large you know it's just what do those people have yeah i want i want some of that juice and and so i think it's just important here at ground zero for all of us to understand that we're participating in a great awakening and and it's continuing to happen regardless of uh the setbacks we face and uh you know as the book says this is you know joy wins pursue your joy Mm, that's that's so so powerful. Um, calling out of ourselves—that that's what is ours to do. And there's there's just so much um, that we are being called to go to go deeper, and um, and those that aren't resisting it, I think are well, is kind of a given, are certainly finding it um, to not be so complicated if you're if you're willing not to 
to go deeper inside yourself and not want to hurry this past us, want to get through it. And, um, and speaking of humor, what you were saying earlier, you know, Kathleen is I was out in the cafe Mm -hmm. earlier and I said, um, we're getting to the place where we miss hugging so much. Some of us are going to get caught in a retail store hugging a mannequin pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, it's like, please, Louise. Oh, I miss hugging um, uh, people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, so much. Uh, all of us uh, lovers of the universe, we, we love hugging animals and people mm-hmm. and the touch part. So that's definitely, it has been a, has been a missing Kathleen, I know that obviously mm-hmm. every story that you have in the in the book, Crappy to Happy, it must mm-hmm. have been quite a process to pick the ones um, that mm-hmm. you and Ariel, you know, went through in this process. But um, are there one or two that um, that are relevant that stick out in your mind right now that you'd like to to share with us? Sure, thank you. Yeah, there are a couple that I think really speak to what we're all going through right now with the lockdowns and COVID and losing our loved ones. And one of them is called The Cycle of Life, and it was written by Dr. Bernie Siegel. Everybody knows Dr. Bernie Siegel. And he Mm -hmm. wrote that story about losing his beloved wife, Bobby. And this happened just before COVID hit. It was like maybe a month or two before it hit. But what I found so profound about his story is he didn't hide his grief. He takes the reader on how deep that grief he felt was because he and his wife, Bobby, had been together forever. They, 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 they were two lovebirds. And so when one of those lovebirds died, uh, it hit Bernie very hard. He ended up in the hospital himself. But what he realized were the synchronicities that were coming into him even when he was in the hospital. He and his wife's number is nine. And his wristband, when he added all the numbers up on his wristband, when he was being admitted into the hospital, they all equaled nine. And they put him in room nine. And all these nines kept popping up all over the place. And suddenly he realized his wife was sending him signs from the other side, and it wasn't until he really got back home and had to climb in that big king-size bed by himself that um, it really hit him, just how lonely he was, and he turned out the light, kind of, you know, snuggled down in bed, and then he felt it. It was his wife blowing a kiss on his face, and he suddenly realized she's not gone. She's just not seen at this point, but she's still there with him. And that really, um, it gave me a feeling of, yes, that is so true, because I felt it with my parents, and it wasn't my imagination. You know, when, when we lose the people we love, they're not really gone. It's not like we find them again. It's that they are in another dimension but can get permission to come back and help us during our most difficult times. And so even on my shows that I do, I get emails from people all the time that say, yes, yes, my loved ones are coming back in my dreams. My loved ones are there with me during my deepest, most difficult hour. So I found that with, with 
Bernie Siegel's story, it reaffirmed um, something else that you stated, and that's that spirit that that science is catching up with spirituality. Yes, scientifically they're dead, but spiritually we know the spirit never dies and that love never dies, and it's always there with us. All we have to do is ask, and we will receive. So I really loved his story. And then another story that that I found just incredible was in part two, Health and Well-Being, I'll Stand By You, and it was by Nurse Diane Vick. And Nurse Diane Vick was a COVID nurse, and mm. her job was to call families to tell them whether or not their child tested positive for COVID. That was her job. And she said in order to do her job and do it well, she had to dance in front of the mirror until she found her joy, till she was so pumped up with joy that when she called the families, she was able to deliver that dire negative report with a voice of joy and reassure them that their child was going to be okay and then give them all the information they needed to to go through the next step, whatever that step was. So Mm -hmm. she would dance until she found her place of joy, and only then would she make that phone call. Wow. That's powerful. Just the, the medicine of storytelling is just it it never ages it's it's always so welcoming it's just like wow it just puts um puts energy in in your soul james you want to tune in on this well you know it's it's a uh it's a lesson in giving you know the that story of the i know bernie so well and he's he is uh He's an angel on the earth, you know, uh, and and he's got he's got something positive to to contribute always. Uh, he he speaks his mind. Uh, he searches, you know, for the intuitive thing to say. Uh, and he's you know he's just still a brilliant, uh, uh, in very brilliant in his participation uh, because it's so timely. But there, you know, there's just there are a lot of models out there for us, and uh, it it's, you know, if we tune in, we get we get the messages about who it is out there we can help, who we need to call. Uh, I know it's it's, uh, you know, I, I think community again is is what we're searching for. We have to do it online. We're trying to create a community uh, that's relevant to learning and to reinforcing each other and giving synchronicities to each other. But it's, uh, it's something that, you know, it's, it's a gift we receive what to say, uh, to other people. And, uh, that's, that's what opens up that, that energy and it's anti-depressive, you know, it's regaining the joy. And, you know, if we only do that, if we only just look, think of, think about all the people we know and how we might, cheer them up, lift them up. Uh, that's the way up ourselves. And, uh, uh, you know, it's happening. It's happening. There's, yeah, there's, 
there's so many connect, reconnections happening uh, with people, uh, with other people in their lives. So it's, you know, it's 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 positive, and it's even in its struggle. And um, I think we come out uh, again with uh, with a greater sense of spiritual connection and and all all that goes with that, especially joy. It it really retrieves one's soul in 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 one way. You know, it's the it's the redefining. Um, I was working with. Um, a mentee not long ago who's in ministerial training. And so she was giving me the list of, and now I'm working on this and, you know, this was broken and now I'm working on this. And, and I, I said to her, I said, can I give you a story that someone gave me a long time ago? And it, 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 it transformed my life that I'm not looking at what's wrong with me. I'm looking at what's right about me. And, and it was just interesting. Just, just those words, you know, like you're saying, James, or what you're saying, Kat, is that you just go with the moment of what you're guided to do. And I said, this is what happened to me. You know, I, I, I went to a healer and I had, I thought, wow, I'm in great shape. You know, I got a good attitude and they're just going to go, wow, you're just doing okay. And they, they looked at me and said, oh, you need some kind of psychic surgery. I said, what? Excuse me? <laughs> you know, I didn't know something was wrong with me. And my the minister friend behind me said, oh, no, no, that's what's right about you. You know, you're just getting into that. And when I shared that with that um, young woman, I mean, she just, it's like her heart just opened up, you know, because, um, you know, part of the world that we live in is for people to keep reminding each other or systems keep reminding each other that you're broken. And that's what's so beautiful about the metaphysical world. And that's what's so beautiful about this book is to share with people. No, you're not broken. You're original. <laughs> you're definitely unique. <laughs> like you're, you're definitely not broken. So powerful, powerful stuff. It really is. So, Kat, is your story yeah. in the book about your dreams? It is. And, you know, it, again, it's, it's a bit about what you touched on earlier. It's um, science uh, catching up with spirituality. And, you know, I, I, I believe that, that dreams are important information. And, and the story that I used in the book is a story about a girlfriend of mine who had come down with a very rare leukemia. And m much like uh, is talked about with the COVID patients who were locked away and died by themselves, uh, she was going to go through bone marrow transplant, and they uh, quarantined her. And unfortunately, she didn't make it. She she did die. And I didn't get to see her to say goodbye to her. Um, and, and it really broke my heart. So my heart goes out to people who have lost family members to COVID and weren't able to say goodbye. And uh, I find, um, Temple, that every time I get really angry with God, <laughs> stuff like that happens. And because we're human, we do that. We get angry, and it's okay. God understands. He made us, and He doesn't make mistakes, so He knows we're going to do that. So, um, you know, I I was angry that I didn't get to say goodbye, and I wanted to see that she was okay because I knew that how much she had suffered through all the treatment, the chemo, the radiation, the whole nine yards. And so one night before I went to sleep, I I set my intention. I said, God, I need to see her. 
I, I know she's in a better place, blah, 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 but I need to see her. You understand where I'm coming from, right? So I set that intention, and God's used to me, uh, you know, in my, in my demands. He gets a kick out of them, actually. And uh, that night I had a dream. And in the dream, my, I realized I was dreaming that I was in a big city, Cobblestone Street. The sun was out. It was a beautiful day. And I went, oh, I'm in Boston. And uh, my girlfriend walked up to me. She was my tennis partner, and we traveled all over the place together. And she said, come on, why don't we go get a martini? We were known as the martini queen. We always had martinis after we played tennis and stuff. So I walked into a restaurant down there called Legal Seafood. Anybody from Boston knows Legal Seafood. And we sat in their beautiful bar, and the waitress brought us martinis. And my art martini had extra olives in it because my husband's pretty much a teetotaler, but he will eat my olives. And her martini came with no fluid in it, nothing, just a bunch of vegetables. And I oh. looked at her and I said, why don't you have anything in your martini glass except vegetables? And she said, well, you know, I gave up drinking when I was going through treatment, but I really wanted to see you too. So while I drank my martini, she ate her veggies and the next Sometime during the week when I ran into her husband, I told him the dream, dream, and he said, you know, she gave completely gave up alcohol while she was going through treatment. So, yes, yeah, she would be sitting in that bar with a, a martini glass full of nothing but veggies. And that brings me back to something that you said earlier, Temple, and that was how science is catching up to spirituality. You know, the other book that I did was Dr. Larry Burke, who is Duke University uh, Medical's radiologist, chief of radiology. We did a book on dreams that can save your life. And one of the criteria for being in that book was that whoever submitted their story, we had to check to make sure that they had had the dream that diagnosed their illness before they went to the doctor. And then the medical tests that they had after they had had the dream were confirmed by pathology reports or surgery or whatever it was, which shows us that dreams are doorways to divine information when we're sick or when we need to change course. And science is just catching up to that. I tell people all the time, you know, Science just goes so far, and then comes God. Mm. I like that. Yeah, that that that's powerful and so true. And and I I would I would say in um, in honor of what you're saying, and those of you that are listening, either now or later, that um, to own your dreams and to to um, my wife writes down her dreams every day, own them. And, um, and participate in them and ask them to, to come forth. And because, you know, the simplicity is what we focus on, you know, produces in our lives. So, James, you want to give us a, a parting uh, sentence or two or a thought as well? Uh, yeah, I'd love, uh, yeah, I love all this talk. You know, dreams are a favorite of mine. You know, Carl Jung, uh, who coined the term synchronicity and started the human potential movement and uh, that mapped out spirituality so well right now. Uh, you know, he, he loved dreams. And, you know, his, 
his way of interpreting dreams was to uh, take the dream, and you know sometimes they're odd plots, you know, just uh, meeting meeting different people, and yeah, you know, there are all these uh, these yeah. You, know, you may have a dream about a person who's uh, who's following you, uh, and. Uh, you know, his way of interpreting a dream is to say, well, how does the plot of the dream apply to your house? I mean, excuse me, to your real life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, you know, how did the, who in your life is following you would be his, his, his remark about the, my example. Uh, or who it is who's resisting you or who are you resisting or, you know, in your life, in your real life, and, you know, that, that, I really believe that the, you know, the afterlife uh, scholarship, you know, the investigations in, into near-death experiences and what that culture, the afterlife is a real culture. We come from there, we go back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it when we're sleeping, uh, there's a lot going on according to that that literature, those, those findings, you know, that, that's, you know, we're getting tutored and we're getting support and, and, uh, you know, it, 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 and when you come in, come back, and you wake up with a dream, uh, it's, you know, part of that is the leftover seminar uh, conclusion or the teaching and, and are pointing, pointing to a real-life situation that you're yet to become aware of. So, you know, it's, it's the mystery of dreams has always fascinated me and uh, uh, because it's, it's just a matter of trying to, to realize the message for us from a dream that applies to our real life and the, the plots of our real life. Mm -hmm. oh, that's so powerful. It's been a pleasure. It's been such a pleasure to be with both of you. Both James Redfield, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, Kathleen O'Keefe, Cannabis, just really grateful. And um, I urge everybody to go to Amazon and pick up that book, Crappy to Happy. You'll be very glad that you did and share it with others. And please join me at templehays.com or First Unity Spiritual Campus. Love your comments. Love to hear what you think and who you'd like to have on the show. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.